Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. And so, and so works of the law is I'm doing things out of obligation. So they're born out of obligation, works of the law. Two, works of the law, they're forced on the flesh. They're forced on the flesh. And works of the law, they're motivated by fear. Motivated by fear, because there's always going to be an underlying fear that says, well, Alex, if I don't perform well enough, I'm going to be cursed. If I don't perform well enough, it's just not going to work out for me. I might not even, um, I might not even make it to heaven. And guys, this is one of the um, strongest deceptions in the body of Christ, where there's believers, where you are concerned about, man, am I doing enough to to maintain my salvation? And so, and so, God really wants you to be set free from that. Hebrews chapter nine. We're going to look at verses 9 and 10, and I want to go back now to the question that I started off with where we said, what is the real issue at the heart of salvation? What is God interested in the most when it comes to salvation? Is God looking to perfect us in our performance, or is there a deeper issue at hand? And so he says in verse 9, talking about the law of Moses, he's he's a... He's talking about the law of Moses here. And notice what he says. He says, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. Now notice this church as pertaining to the conscience, to the conscience Let's break this down. He says, the law of Moses was a figure. The law of Moses, in other words, was was types and shadows. Someone says, Alex, why did God give the law of Moses in the first place? Alex, why did God have them sacrifice these animals? And the answer to that church is, it was a picture. God was using the law of Moses as an illustration to paint a picture of what ultimately would be revealed as the reality of Christ. You see, the animal sacrificial system in the Old Covenant was a type and shadow of of the finished works of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. You see, a type and shadow, a type is, is an example or a figure or an illustration. Shadow means a foreshadowing. And so God was painting a picture with the law of Moses. And he says, he says that the law had a big limitation here. He said it could not make the people who were performing under the law perfect. And so God is looking to perfect something here. But remember, we were asking, is God looking to perfect us in our performance or is it something deeper? Well, Hebrews chapter nine, verse nine says that The law could not make him that did the service perfect, watch this, as pertaining to the conscience. 
as pertaining to the conscience. So God is actually looking to perfect us in our conscience. Now, your conscience is, is, your, is your internal sense of right and wrong. Listen to me now, friend. If you are carrying shame and condemnation from the past, if there's something in your life that you're ashamed of, what's convicting you there is your conscience. Your conscience. Sometimes as believers, we feel condemned, and then what we do is we just think, well, Alex, I feel condemned, and so... I just assume God must be condemning me because that's how I feel. <laughs> okay, but you got to distinguish here now between yourself and God, okay? Now, you and I, we can experience condemnation, but the Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And so there's no condemnation coming from God. If you are experiencing some unworthiness, some shame, that's your conscience. That's your conscience. Now, God is saying here, through the writer of Hebrews, Holy Spirit is, is telling us here that God is interested in perfecting believers as pertaining, as pertaining to the conscience. Listen to this now. And so the real issue at the heart of salvation is to form in the believer a pure conscience. A conscience where you can say, I'm at peace, you see. A lot of people are having an issue with their conscience. Now, while the human approach is to rely on our own actions to accomplish this purification of conscience, in other words, how many people are looking to their actions, Alex, if I do enough good deeds, then maybe I can make up for the mistakes of the past. Alex, if I, if, I, if I serve enough, if I give enough, if I perform enough, oh, maybe then I can have some peace in my conscience. That's not God's way. I remember God's ways are higher than our ways, guys. And so the human approach is to rely on our actions to purify our conscience. And, and this is a big deal, church, because the entire world in one way or another, is dealing with this issue of conscience. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it like a normal thing as humans to feel like we're not enough? Human beings, we, we feel the sense of unworthiness. Oh, I'm not enough. That's the issue of the conscience, guys. That's what that is. And so God's solution to this issue of the conscience is this. It is the finished works of Jesus Christ. He says, the law could not make them perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Verse 10, he says, talking about the law, which stood only in meats and drinks and, and a diverse worship. And watch this. This is what I want you to see. Carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Carnal ordinances, what? It's a set of things you've got to do. It's a list of requirements. If you do this, man, that's going to deal with your conscience. Are you, are you guys catching this? Just look at these verses in the uh, New Living Translation, Hebrews 9, verses 9 and 10 in the NLT. 
We're going deep here this morning, church. We're going deep here this morning, but my prayer is it's going to set somebody free here today. The truth of the gospel is so simple. The purifying power of grace is so simple because it's all about believing Jesus. It's all about believing in what he's done. Hebrews 9, verse 9 in the NLT says, this is, an illust- this, this, is an, this is an illustration pointing to the present time, talking of the law of Moses. The law of Moses was an illustration. It was foreshadowing, pointing to the present time. Present time is anything after the cross. Anything after the cross. He says, for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able, watch this, to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them. The real issue at the heart of salvation is the cleansing of the conscience of man. It's not your performance. God wants to purify us in our conscience. Verse 10, he says, for that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies. Watch this. Physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. Now, what is the better system he's talking about? Glory to God. Uh, That's Jesus. I want you to understand uh, the better system uh, that he was talking about here. Uh, Glory to God is Jesus shedding his precious blood on the cross. You see, because what happens is uh, glory to God that the, the law of Moses couldn't cleanse their conscience, but I want you to understand the blood of Jesus can, glory to God. I want you to understand uh, the purifying power of the blood of Jesus. When you release your faith in the blood of Jesus, uh, the Bible says you are cleansed, and what you are cleansed from is an evil conscience. What you are cleansed from is uh, that shame, uh, that guilt, uh, that condemnation. Uh, Glory to God, that feeling of unworthiness. And so I want you to just receive it right now. I want you to say, Lord, I believe I receive what your blood has already made available to me. And so the Bible describes physical rules and regulations, a set of things to do, watch this now, which is going to place emphasis on the doing, the outer. The Bible calls that carnal ordinances. And he says these carnal ordinances cannot purify your conscience. God's objective in salvation is not to make us perfect in our performance. Now, religion says, man, you got to be perfect in your performance. And and what they do is when you fall short, then they're going to condemn you. And and what they do is they're just going to make you feel more guilty. And what that's going to do is it's going to, it's going to, it's going to defile your conscience some more. And so uh, a lot of people, uh, because of religion, are in this downward spiral. It's a sin-guilt cycle. It's like, man, I made a mistake. Now I'm being condemned by religion. Now that condemnation is going to make me feel even worse. Now I feel even worse. And because I can't separate what I do from how I feel on the inside, uh, glory to God, because how I feel is going to move me in a certain direction. And so if I'm always feeling bad, well, it's going to move me in the wrong direction. And so if they keep condemning me, well, that's going to put me in a sin-guilt cycle. It's a downward spiral, I want you to understand. And so, what is the solution? The solution has got to be your right believing. The solution has got to be, I believe I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because now what happens is, the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus, can cleanse my conscience. And because my conscience is being cleansed, it changes how I feel about myself. And because I'm changing on the inside, well then, outer change is going to follow as a result. Are you guys tracking with me here this morning. Look at 1 Peter 1.22, where he says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit 
unto unfaint love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now, purifying your soul here, soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions, but the purification of the soul, I submit to you, is the result of your conscience being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. How is your conscience cleansed? When you obey the truth. How do you obey the truth? You obey the truth by believing the gospel, by believing that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. You see, even right now, I believe there's some people who are being set free. Even right now, somebody's being set free. You can't purify your soul through your actions. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 that we just looked at, told us that carnal ordinances, physical requirements, you focusing on your doing, it's not going to cleanse your conscience. It's not going to cleanse your conscience. The only solution is God's solution, which is Jesus. <laughs> and so obeying the truth of the gospel purifies our souls by purifying our conscience. The result is we now have the ability to love each other. This is why he says you obey the truth, you believe the truth through the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who's enabling you to do it. He's even in, uh, working in you right now. And he says the result is unfeigned love, sincere love of the brethren. And then he says, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. And so it's because of this purification that happens when you believe the finished works of Jesus that you and I have the ability to love with a sincere heart, you see. Now, our free will is still involved. I say ability so how many know? A lot of us, we have the ability, but that doesn't mean we're necessarily walking in it, <laughs> okay? So your, your, your free will is involved. You as a Christian have the ability to love with a pure love, with a sincere love. And really, you can even love the unlovely, but this is going to take our will. But I'm telling you, God is the one who gives us the ability to do it because he's cleansing us, man. When you believe right, you will live right. When you believe wrong, you will live wrong. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 and 23. And so when you believe this, and here's what I want to recommend too. I want you to purpose in your heart that every single day, man, what you're going to do is you're going to receive you're going to purposefully receive the love of God. You see, God loves you no matter what. But what's required on our part is we've got to actually receive the love of God. Child of God, get up every single morning and say, Father, I thank you that you love me. Jesus, I thank you that you've already paid the price. Jesus, I thank you that you've already set me free from this condemnation, from this unworthiness, from this guilt, from this shame. And then what you want to do is you, you just want to receive it. You just want to receive it. You just want to receive it. You see, this is simple, church. This is simple. It's not complicated. Grace is simple. It's relationship. Relationship where you receive what he's made available to you. That's going to create that transformation. So that's exactly what he's talking about here in Hebrews 10, 22, where he says, let us draw near with a true heart. True heart means it's a sincere heart, and it's a heart that is established in the truth of grace. 
The Bible says our hearts are to be established with the grace of God, you see. And so let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, glory to God. Here it is, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want to bring your attention to having your hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Well, it's the blood of Jesus that's cleansing your heart from that evil conscience, you see. Notice the next verse. That's exactly what he says. He says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now, profession means confession. It's the same word. And so the scripture is talking about you confessing your faith every single day. It is you boldly declaring, not just thinking it, but speaking out loud what you believe Jesus has already finished for you. It's you speaking out loud that you're righteous. It's you speaking out loud that you're healed. It's you speaking out loud that you're delivered. You see, without wavering, because why would you waver? You would waver uh, because maybe there's something in your experience that doesn't quite line up with that yet. But what you do is, glory to God, you're not focusing on the outer. You're focusing on the inner. You're not denying the outer, but your focus is on who you are in Christ. And so you confess your faith. Now you say, yeah, I'm struggling. There's some issues going on. I praise God, Brother Alex, in the midst of the issue, I believe that the solution was made available. In the midst of the issue, I'm going to boldly speak the finished works of Jesus Christ over my life. Why? Well, he says why. He tells us why. He says for or because he is faithful that promised. Notice it's about God's faithfulness. It's no longer about your faithfulness or my faithfulness because you know what, man? Even... Even when we do well, all of us are sooner or later going to make a mistake. We're going to fall short. And so praise God, it's not about our faithfulness. It's about his faithfulness that promised, you see. Now, here's the beautiful thing. When you believe his faithfulness, that's going to enable you to be faithful, you see. Faithful means ultimately, guys, for us to be faithful means we're just going to continue to believe God. I'm just going to continue to believe God. That's what that means, you see. And so no matter where you find yourself, I want you to understand that believing the finished works of Jesus Christ, being obedient to the faith, what that's going to do is It creates a change on the inside of you. And thank you, Lord. This change happened when you got born again, you know, because when you first gave your life to Jesus, maybe it was very subtle, but there was a change that happened in you. That change is is, is what drew you to God. It's it's, it's what enabled, it's it's God. The the change is, here's what it is. It's it's God working on the inside of you. Say say out loud right now, God is working on the inside of me. (laughs) God is working on the inside of me. You see, and what he does is he wants to reveal more and more of his grace to your heart. And more, the more that he does that, the more is that cleansing going to take place. You see, and you're going to realize, man, his grace is sufficient. Let's finish it off in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. And if you're looking for something to do, man, 
you say, Alex, what should I do? You know, make it practical. Well, well, friends, this is practical. It's just simple. Spend time with him. Keep listening to this word. Keep listening to grace-based teachings. Meditate on it. Confess it every single day. That's what it is. That's, that's what you do. That's what you do. It's simple. It's not complicated, church. We want to make it complicated, but the truth is it's simple. And so I want to finish off with this here. And what I want you to do, thank you, Lord, I want you to meditate on this scripture all throughout the week. This is your homework assignment, Grace World. I want you to meditate on Romans 5.17 throughout the week. That means you're going to think about it. You're going to dwell on it. You're going to speak it. And notice what he says. He says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, this is speaking of Adam, much more they which receive, this is what I want you to really take in, the abundance of grace, and watch this, and the gift of righteousness. He says, if you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, what that's going to do is it's going to cause you to reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Notice, before death reigned, that sickness, that's lack, that's depression, that's anxiety. Once you're in Christ, you receive his, his, the abundance of his grace and the gift of his righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. That's going to enable you to reign now. That's going to enable you to walk in victory in your life, you see. But you got to receive the abundance of his grace, meaning there's no grace shortage. There's no amount of mistake that you could have made, friend, that could ever disqualify you from the grace of God. And righteousness is a gift. You can't obtain or achieve righteousness through your performance. Now, righteousness is, is talking about Here's the deal. You're, you're, you're righteous one way or another if you're in Christ. But righteousness here is, is it's a sense of righteousness. I believe that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe, you see. And that belief is what's going to deliver you from any kind of guilt, shame, and condemnation. You see? So what's your work? Your work is to believe, church. This is a covenant of right believing. It's all about believing, amen? It's all about believing. I want you to see that everything in your life, it comes from what's going on in your heart. If you believe right, it's going to affect how you feel. It's going to affect how you act. It's going to affect every area of your life. And so, humbly say, Thank you, Lord, for making me righteous, because you are righteous. And that church is the cleansing power of grace. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Now, to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. 
Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.